What's going on, guys? Kieran Headley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast. So the amazing lady that I'm going to be introducing today has actually had a significant impact on my life. I met her uh, just over a year ago in Bali. I was sitting down in a place called, I think it was called Nude, Nude Cafe, uh, and interesting name, yes. And I was plugging in my laptop and I just randomly started a conversation. Actually, I believe they started a conversation with me. Uh, and we dive straight into a conversation about mental health, literally within five minutes of just meeting a random person. It was a fantastic. And then we dived into, uh, the beautiful, uh, concept of what this amazing lady is doing right now in the world. And from there, we developed a, a fantastic friendship and she's been just doing absolutely fantastic things. And I've been learning so much from her along, uh, just even this last year or so that I've known her. Uh, so Kyla Tustin is a speaker, a soul coach, a life enthusiast, has over 10 years experience. She's working with highly successful business leaders, has actually worked with people in Apple and Blackmores, many other fantastic companies. Uh, she's featured in various media, including Good Health and the Cosmopolitan. Okay. And she's gone from working in equities in Australian, the Australian National Bank, and now she's actually an international coach spanning over multiple industries and helping thousands transform. So without further ado, Carla Dustin, welcome. I'm so stoked to have you. Thank you. It's always so weird to hear yourself be explained in those terms. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you. I feel blessed to be here today. (sighs) Oh, man. Honestly, um, you've done fantastic things. And I, I noticed as I was looking through your work, and it's something that I've noticed a lot, and uh, any conversations we've had is this word magnetism seems to come mm. up. So yeah. today, what I'd really love to dive into is this idea of transformation, how one can take this concept of transformation from a place of the stuckness of fear, of lack and scarcity, and then being able to develop the sense of abundance and what you use the word, that phrase magnetism and boldness, right? Yeah. So that's, uh, that's how I want to sort of lay out the conversation now magnetism what is that and how can one come across that (laughs) i talk about miracles magic and magnetism and so Mm. what i realized over the years was like in coming out of banking there was still this whole very much masculine energy to me in terms of manifestation like i started to always think that i had to work harder i had to try harder i still remember that in the first few months of a ceiling, like at the beginning, I was doing a lot more one-on-ones, healing and soul coaching, that I'd actually observe myself like as if I was the one doing the healing, like even standing over people like I was sending the energy. And it was still all Mm. about me as if I was the only one. And it comes from like childhood patternings and being so used to being fiercely independent and all of that, those aspects. That's a whole nother story. But what I started to do when I started to dance around and play a lot more with the feminine energy, I started to realize that if you can bring them both together, so the feminine energy is that receptivity. It's opening up and even in a way surrendering to things that are greater than we can even imagine. So if I think about my own journey 10 years ago, my greatest fear used to be public speaking. And so to think about what I do. here we are. (laughs) No, exactly. So to think about what I do now and and what I do for a career is just insane. But what I've realized is that there's this part and path that we're all a part of. Like I do believe that there is learnings and lessons of our soul to experience in this lifetime. And if we can surrender to being open to that. So the magnetism comes in where we set our intentions around what is the transformation that I want to see in my life? Where do I feel stuck? But also this opportunity for people to understand that if you, we, we are continually evolving, continually expanding, continually growing. So for that to occur, there also has to be fear and doubt, worry, anxiety, because every time we're moving beyond oh, yeah. a certain comfort level zone, there's a layer, I believe, of that. And so if we can start to make friends with those parts of ourselves and not allow that to block the magnetism or manifestation, we then move through it. And this is where I do a lot of vision boards with people. We do a lot of visualization. We do a lot of belief work because if we can prepare ourselves energetically, 
but also physically in our life for the next level that's coming, sometimes letting go of the how, and that's the magnetism. So magnetism might be you set an intention for wellness, for mental health, for love, for career, but then we step into this place of this or better. So the this or better Mm. is and now I just sit back and in my meditation I imagine that I open up every cell in my body to be receptive to the people, the places, the opportunities that I require to be of service at the next greatest level of my life. So it can be personal intentions, but then it can take it even greater to where can I like show. So I, when I wake up in the morning, my intention is today, I expect miracles, show me where I can serve at the highest level. And that also then requires taking action, which is the masculine part of manifestation, because people can like have all these wishes and dreams. But if you don't get out of your comfort zone if you don't do the discomfort of picking up the phone of asking the question of having a conversation with an amazing stranger in a cafe and so often our fears and our um, kind of unworthiness is what gets in the way of all of this wow Hmm. wow so i i'm blown away by that explanation by the way that was fantastic so when it comes to magnetism it sounds like it's about this concept of receiving, not chasing. Yes. Of being able to be in a state of worthiness rather than lack so that I feel that I believe I'm able to attain what it is that I want, essentially. Mm-hmm. So for someone to be able to step into belief when they yeah. are in that place of fear, yeah. you mentioned uh, processes such as certain meditative processes, yeah. uh, certain visualization processes. So. Do you mind maybe explaining that uh, in, a, in a broken down method of, say, someone hasn't really done much meditation, maybe they've used an application like Headspace before, yep. or maybe they're, they're still confused about how, to, how it is to go and meditate yep. or how to go about and practice these visualizations. What yep. are some of the steps for a beginner to start to step into this? Perfect. So there's a couple of things. We're always going to have a part of ourselves that we that doesn't believe in us and so that's a really important piece to make when we're in the soul coaching once I remember Denise uh, someone said that they wanted to write a book and Denise is one of my teachers and they she said to them well what's holding you back and they said well I don't believe in myself and she said well that's stupid who said you have to believe in yourself (laughs) to write a book and it was this kind of like idea for me it's like it's so true like you could believe it and this is where we've got so many parts of our life and so you could believe in yourself in your ability to I still remember when you shared about doing your five minutes of um, headstands or handstands in that period so (laughs) imagine you believe in your capacity to do five minutes of headstands every single day you believe in yourself in that. There's always going to be other areas of our life where we lack a little bit of worthiness and confidence. And so it's really important in as a beginning stage to be okay with all parts of ourself rather than trying to reject them. So if oh, we can be, yeah, so and so breathing into when those moments come up. So, oh, yeah, isn't it curious that when I step into this relationship or this piece of work, my uh, lack of self-belief comes up? But where is it present that I can bring it into? Like how did I, what steps did I individually take to start to believe in myself at work or at the gym and actually bringing those in? The biggest part with all of this is also coming down to knowing that We have to bring in acceptance into all areas of our life. So doing work around how can you forgive yourself and accept past parts of your journey, trauma, tragedies, maybe stuff ups, and also believe that that's reframing it in terms of like, it's horrible that these experiences have happened, but what, how have I learned and grown? Then accepting where we are right now. I then believe allows us to accept this future version of us that is already there and present, which is the part that has transformed, the part that has stepped into the manifestations, the magnetisms. And so part of it is also really allowing ourselves to have big dreams, to do a vision board as an example, because that reprograms our whole entire unconscious. So our unconscious mind runs at 40 million bits per second, and our, oh, conscious is, yeah, and our conscious is at 40 bits. 
So, so many clients have come to me over the years and they set their intentions for whatever it is they want, but they continue to sabotage it. And often that sabotage comes from, I call it that underlying radio station. So the radio station Mm. of our unconscious is telling us, I'm not worthy, um, I'm not enough, this isn't going to happen. And in a way, it's a protection. It's protecting, I think one of the biggest things we protect ourselves from is disappointment. So we kind of go half into things because it's like, oh, well, if I didn't do that good a job, it doesn't matter. Or if I didn't put my heart out there, it doesn't matter if like they reject me. And so this avoidance of disappointment obviously only creates more disappointment. So if we can actually reprogram that by starting to, I remember another thing that Denise said once was someone once said to her, like working on self-belief and they wanted her to step into loving herself. And at that time, she said she just couldn't even imagine. So for anyone that's listening today that like is like, well, yeah, I don't even know what self-love would look like or sound like. I don't even know what self-belief could seem like for me. Firstly, please know I was there 15 years ago. So I completely understand, but this is why I teach and preach and embody all the things that we're talking about because I've totally transformed my own radio station through these practices. And at the beginning, I didn't, my self-hatred was so deep and my not-enoughness was this radio station that controlled everything that I did and said in my life. And so holding space for the knowing that I know how tough it is and I know how tough it is the moment that you become aware of it because it's like, wow, like honestly, how can I be so cruel to myself and be speaking mm. to myself in this way and not even be aware of it? So sometimes that first level awareness is one of the toughest places, but from there... We get to choose to have moments in our day that are kind, that are encouraging and actually creating ways of practicing words of encouragement and appreciation towards ourselves, as well as having a vision board or even just post-it notes of encouraging words. Then what happens is we start to create a brand new story because the unconscious only runs in story. And so we have to, it's like you're tuning it into a brand new radio station and we, you do it slowly by like moment to moment throughout the days, through affirmations, through encouraging conversations, even becoming aware of your circle of influence in terms of your friends and people around you. And are they people that encourage you and remind you of all the things that are great in you? Understanding that celebrating ourselves is literally one of the most uncomfortable things if we're not used to it in terms of complimenting ourselves (laughs) completely like I when I I went to a retreat once and everybody there was like 60 people at it for the whole week had to compliment me and I had to say thank you that's so true and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was like every yeah. cell in my body would shut down every time someone said it. But that's if you link that to magnetism, right? If I can't receive a compliment from somebody, if I can't receive words of affirmation from myself, words of love, because my love language is words of affirmation, then I'm blocking mm. my receptivity to magnetism. Mm. So the beginning part is becoming aware of what is more useful in the way we speak to ourselves, having either um, reminders or where we can sit down and actually write down three things in a day that you do love and celebrate about yourself or you're willing to imagine that you can love and celebrate about yourself at some point in time. But knowing that part of the programming around this, I think, comes from our world of like cutting down tall poppies of being in this space of not wanting to be too big. And you and I, both from New Zealand, it's a, obviously I don't sound like it as much, but (laughs) it's a big thing. It's a big thing in Australia. I think you do to the rest of the world outside of New Zealand and Australia. (laughs) I'm sure we sound the same, Carla. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a a big thing. So I would say Mm -hmm. the the first, first step is to slow down a little to become aware of the radio station that you're tuned into and ask Ah. yourself throughout the day, can the words that I use towards myself, can they be more kind? And is what I'm saying useful and supporting me to step into this transformation? And when the answer is no, take a deep breath, 
forgive yourself and then tune it into something that's more useful. So right in the beginning of my journey, literally nearly a thousand times a day, I would say to myself, thank you, I hear you, but you're not useful right now. And I would just Mm. repeat it and repeat it. But then it got to the point that I was able to be curiously playful and silly with it. Like I was like, Kyla, this is ridiculous. But like in a loving way of like, wow, how did I not know? Not the beat up way. Yeah. Not the beat up way. Yeah. 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 Um, I know that was a big thing for absolutely. That was fantastically explained, Kyla. Thank you. Um, I, I definitely remember a key moment as well when it came to receiving uh, and was sort of working around beat up one point when I was working on receiving compliments. I was with my uh, friend and breathwork coach, Sarah Silverstein, and she was uh, telling me, uh, I was actually asking her, I was like, so how do I go about receiving compliments? Because I instantly want to give compliments back mm-hmm. as yeah. a defensive mechanism. And I don't feel anything when people say something. Mm. She's like, take a deep breath and say thank you. I'm like, oh, okay I'll try that (laughs) and that's yeah that's what I practiced and I really practiced the intention of not giving a compliment back when I was given one rather only giving a compliment when I wanted to give a compliment truly rather than it simply being out of a reaction oh Oh, literally I remember like when I had the awareness around that that I literally it took me a while to actually send friends messages back to say I just realized I need you to know I've also taken a deep breath and received your words because I was exactly <laughs> yeah. the same. It, would, it was so yeah. uncomfortable to receive it. And just those, those two words, thank you, can be oh. such a gift. And also important for people in relationships. I deal with a lot of like couples further down the line in their relationships and we have discussions around, well, uh, like he never shares love with me or she never and like kind of the criticism and all of that that comes in. And I always get them to go back to the beginning of the relationship and say, well, did they, did you receive compliments there? Were you given them? And they were like, yeah, but they totally got disregarded. So I love that idea of just saying thank you and then actually like taking a deep breath and seeing that words can have so much power that you can actually receive them into your body as well. Mm. Oh, so good. And you mentioned celebration and how Mm. it can be a very uncomfortable process, but also so critical for coming into that place of self-compassion and and, in a way, right, um, some sense of abundance and magnetism. So how is it that one starts to step into this idea of celebration? Is it something they constantly do and practice throughout the day or is it something that is practiced at a certain time? How do you go about that? I always think right in the beginning of a behavior change, it's important to have it scheduled into a set time. And that's just literally because life gets so busy. So if you can plan at either the end of the day before bed or the end of a work day just before you switch off and actually taking a moment to write down three good things that have, there's two ways of doing it. There's an activity called three good things a day and it's been shown Mm. to boost optimism levels by up to 60% in two weeks that then helps to elevate confidence as well. So you can write three good things that have happened in your day. I like to kind of layer upon that and write three celebrations of who you've been throughout the day and because that to me is, otherwise we're still validating things external to us. Whereas if we can celebrate, this is, firstly, we need to know who do you want to be. Okay, let's backtrack a second. Because firstly, it's important for someone to listening to say, well, who do I want to be? What do I want to represent in the world? What are my values? What's important to me? Because my top values of kind of freedom, adventure and kindness aren't everybody else's top values. But I like to Mm. preface it, if you imagine that you were to lay your head on the pillow at night, and be really proud of the day that you've had, who would you have been in that day? And then throughout Mm. your celebrations then, you choose a value to live in alignment with in that day. And then throughout the end of the day, you focus on three things that you've done or you've said or interactions that you've had that have allowed you to be who you want to be in the world. And when writing them down, then reread them And to your point, like the thank you part, receive your own words 
and mm. actually notice how it feels. And I just believe we build a muscle, our brain reprograms and we get those neural pathways firing and wiring to celebration that then it just becomes more natural in our day. But right now, when we're stressed, our brain's like Velcro to negativity and it's like Teflon to positivity. It just slides right off. It's fight flight. It's just the way our body and our brain's created. So we have to practice retraining it in this place of celebration, acknowledgement and appreciation because then we become magnetic to more of that because our reticular activating system in our brain wants to prove us right. So it goes looking for more ways to celebrate, more ways to prove us right, instead of more ways to criticize and judge us. Mm, that's key. And now, actually, I want you to speak on the reticular activating system part of the mm-hmm. brain as yep. to what that is and why this is such an essential part for actually changing and um, what we sort of bring into our lives. Yeah. So... I like to call it the RAS, but I do like the word reticular activating system. It I makes like me Rays. feel it makes me feel smart. Yeah. <laughs> you sound highly intelligent. Yeah. Um, but the, <laughs> the reticular activating system in the brain—it's like a goalkeeper or a gatekeeper. So we are receiving so much information day to day, and we're like flooded by it. You think about technology, social media, conversations, walking down the street, and they're being marketing and everything that's there. So we're inundated with so much coming at us day to day. So the reticular activating system acts like a goalkeeper or gatekeeper, and it determines what am I going to allow into your level of conscious awareness based upon unconscious programming and I believe based upon really clear intention setting. So if I wake Mm. up in the morning and I'm like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed today. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. I've got so much to do. I'm so busy. Life sucks. Your reticular activating system then goes, okay, cool. I'm going to find ways to prove you right today. And then the opposite can be true. If I wake up today, I expect miracles. Show me how I can serve at the highest level. Today is going to be an amazing day. And then what happens? It goes looking for ways to prove you right. So it's the same part of your brain. Mm. If you go to buy a car or a dress or something like that, you start to see it everywhere because it's in your level of awareness. And so people would acknowledge that you go to book a holiday and all of a sudden you see it on every side of every bus. And it was always there, right? Yes. It's just you're noticing it now. Yeah. yeah. And you're really wow. clearly. And then you can do things like having a post-it note on your computer. I have one that just says today's going to be a great day. And I then, love that. Yeah, it's just simple. And I think sometimes we can overcomplicate this journey. And oh, if so we can true. Yeah, and if we can peel so it. So much back, information everywhere. So much. And mm. the truth I believe, and this is why I love soul coaching so much, is that we do these soul journey processes. And in that, people go within to find the answers. So they journey within and we connect in with their intention and we get the message of what they need next. And I want to encourage people that this is the gift that we have right now through this period in time of having a little bit more inward space of isolation utilizing it to actually start to connect in with your soul, your spirit, whatever your belief is, the universe, God, Allah, whatever is people's belief system, but connecting in with that higher power, connecting in with yourself, starting to listen to your body more, and then connecting into the moment and obviously nature if you're able to be there too. Because When we can simplify things to understand that actually all the answers that we've ever needed are inside of ourselves, we just Mm -hmm. have to start listening. And when we're going so fast, when there's so much going on, and so we go back to that reticular activating system, there's an app called Psych Me Up. And basically, it's all sad faces and there's one happy face. And you do it for like 20 or 30 seconds in the morning and you click on it and then they've done scientific research with this. Your RAS goes looking for happy faces throughout the day. Oh, wow. I love that. It's so good. But I just do it naturally. So I was like, you know what? I don't need an app. So my mornings always begin with smiling as many people as possible when I'm walking down the street. And I assure you, not everyone smiles back at sunrise, but it's this thing for me where it's like not only am I getting to ripple out 
kindness, which is contagious. It's healthy. It's the opposite of stress. It brings in oxytocin and calms us down. But I also get Mm. to be who I want to be in the world in this place of, I often say to myself, particularly when I see elderly people walking in these moments of time, I think I could be the only smile or conversation that they have all day. And it it allows me to go, you know what, my day feels complete already just by these simple small acts. I think then, yeah, it's a win, totally. (laughs) So I think as well, in terms of magnetism, transformation, where do you want to go to? Really peeling it back to who do I want to be day to day? Like what do I want to represent in this world of changing times right now? What are your unique values? What is your unique creative spark and way of expressing it in the world? And then take one day at a time, one step at a time of just checking in. Because when I was in investment banking, that was my biggest aha, was I started to do this work and study this work. And I was like, wow, Uh, I'm totally living out of alignment with my most important values and then I'm wondering why I'm burnt out, why I'm exhausted and why I just feel completely empty. And so Mm. we can then start to realign ourselves with who we were individually born to be. Then I think in that place you feel like you have this inner integrity with yourself that then the magnetism and the manifestation continues, but you have to take the next step and the next step and the next step and know that between every step, that fear and doubt will be there. Like I always think if I'm not, if there's no fear and doubt, I ain't challenging myself enough today. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I love that. Mm. I love that. Getting too comfortable. (laughs) Mm, Totally. Um, Yeah, so... I noticed that you've mentioned vision board a couple of times as well and um, how Mm -hmm. that plays a part in actually creating this uh, mental and psychological focus towards the things that we desire or want to create for ourselves or these qualities that we want to actually step into. So when you talk about vision board, do you mind explaining that as to what it is and what you put on it, uh, what you suggest that you put on it? Yeah. So we do them a little bit differently in the soul coaching. It's a vision board, but we call it a soul coaching collage because it's very much a soulful process of we do journey work, we do meditation work to actually connect in with the energy of our intention and what's coming next. You then go through magazines or you can do it online. You can do it with a Pinterest. You could do it through a um, picture that you do on your computer as well. But when I do the vision board workshops, I just, I'm old school. So I like having the canvases and we do them really pretty but basically what you do is you just then go through the magazine and you randomly pick out words and images and you find uh, ones that just jump out at you that may not make any head sense to you then we put move them around the canvas or you could move them around the screen and you basically feel into where they want to go Then as a part of the soul coaching, we've got a deciphering process. So you get secret messages based on where they're placed on the board. But anyone that's doing it at home, the most important thing is to, rather than what the images are, rather than what the words even are, but how do they make you feel? Like that's the most important part with all of this is you're designing a future based upon who you want to be, how you want to feel, And then you let go of the how in a way. And so that's where it's like, because I think if we use relationships as one example, often people can get really caught up in uh, what they desire in a relationship, being in that one person, instead of actually taking a step back, firstly acknowledging that all those parts can be within ourselves but knowing that maybe that person isn't that right person. But we get so caught up in the exact like kind of expectations mm. that that's it or that's the job it has that. to be or that's the like career it has to be. And it's like, but what if there's something greater than even you or I or whoever's listening can imagine and you create that vision of like, okay, this is how I want to feel. This is what I want to ex- would love to experience. But also in doing that, the, there's a key part in knowing. I always believe if you can create a vision board, if you can intend something to be true, somewhere in your energetic field along some timeline, it's already true. So that part of we're not 
imagining to your point right at the beginning that we're in lack of anything. We're just reminding ourselves that this is what's in us and then we have to take action in alignment with the vision board because, look, I've had people create miracles with vision boards with not even. I was actually just sharing with a client a story. I run a lot of them in corporates and in businesses and one year I ran one for a real estate agent. It was really great. We had a great time and then they booked in the one for the next year. And when I turned up, uh, the sister who worked in the real estate agent came up to me and she said, I need to ask you something. And I was like, okay. She said, we did this last year. And I was sitting there going, this is a load of crap. What is this woman talking about? (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. But she said, I got engaged. I did it because she said, I felt like it was important to be part of the team. She said, when I got told that you were coming back this year, I rolled my eyes and thought, ugh, not that again. She said, so I (sighs) randomly went into my cupboard. She said, I got out the vision board and she's like, I don't know what the heck you do in these sessions, but she said everything on it has come true. And she's like, so I'm here and I'm ready. I'm going to get clear on this this year. And she said, I'm a believer. And I was like, (laughs) so ideally, if you create one, I would recommend don't put it in the cupboard, like put it somewhere where you can see it. But part of this magical process, I believe, of sitting down, spending some time with your, what transformations you're looking for, your intentions. That's where I believe the magic starts happening and everything is being then orchestrated around us and for us for this to come into form. But we want to be then ideally taking small actions that are in alignment with it day to day. But it, there can also, so there's the, this is where I love the science proving the magic, if that makes sense, because mm, the whole brain part of it is, If you're looking at the vision board every day, if you're meditating with it, you're then reprogramming the unconscious because it runs in story and images. So you're seeing it all Mm. the time. So you're working with that brain part. You're energetically preparing yourself so that you don't sabotage. Uh, But then also knowing that there's magic beyond anything we can understand that is wanting to bring this to you at the same time as well. Yeah, I love that so much. And um, I, I completely get what you mean in terms of the brain really does want uh, to attract what it's focused on. Uh, I mean, if I really reflect, there was such a time where I created my own loneliness. It was insane. Like this idea wow. that I am not worthy of being uh, with other people. I'm not worthy of being uh, a good friend like this good friend group that I'm with right? I'm the extra friend. I'm the outcast, whatever, right? It would play in my mind. And I would manifest that because my mind would um, would have those thought processes to the point where I would not feel comfortable actually having strong conversations within that group. And that would leave me being excluded. And they would actually attempt to bring me into the group. Yet my mind was so strongly identified with that specific thought process of I am alone, I am lonely. Therefore, I was, was, I'm not worthy of being included. And that would manifest. It's just insane at the power of identity and where the mind is focused on. And um, I I think this is actually also quite a key quality that you mentioned is uh, around slowing down so that one hasn't the ability to change their direction. Because I know with myself, it wasn't until I slowed down that I could actually change my trajectory because otherwise it was just this constant compulsion uh, walking around like this ticking time bomb almost. (laughs) Um, Totally. And then Mm. you're not even, we're not even aware of like, our patterns or our programs or the parts that are not useful. And I, I believe a lot of us, like myself was included, didn't slow down because I didn't want to feel the discomfort or the discontent that was going on underneath it all. So on the outside, everyone thought that I had super confidence, amazing investment banking career, beautiful partner, amazing home in Double Bay, all of these things. But yeah, good area. Yeah, it's like then. But and so on the outside, everything looked perfect per se. All those boxes were ticked. But yet, I didn't feel that on the inside. And there was this constant like part of not enough and going faster because I felt so unworthy and not enough that it was like, okay, if I just achieve, if I just validate everybody else, if I just become what everybody wants me to be. And so 
I didn't want to slow down. So I want to like kind of to your point as well around that, let people know that as you slow down, whatever rises, if we can come into a place of lovingly accepting the part of us that doesn't feel enough in certain moments, the part of us that is lonely in certain moments, the part that is sabotaging relationships to push people away, the part that criticises and judges us, the more that we can come into loving wholeness of realising that we're human. (laughs) And most of this comes down to a time and a place in our lives where we've felt unsafe to just simply be ourselves. And we then, whatever patterns we create around that, it's a protection. So we don't, I always imagine the way we speak to ourselves is if you have, and you get to choose, if it's a four-year-old or a 10-year-old, how would you speak to them? And then let's speak to ourselves in that way right now, because it's that, that. yeah, it's that, it's that inner child. It's our wounded inner child that to your point is wanting to keep us separate, telling us that we don't belong, telling us that there's something broken or wrong with us because we don't fit the normal mold of society or we're not in a relationship right now or you're at school and you feel isolated, whatever it might be for the people that are listening. But if we can come into this place of loving acceptance, of remembering that the someone once said to me, um, it was a conversation, I can't remember what the whole conversation was, but the conversation came about, which was, so you're telling me out of any, everybody on the whole entire earth that God has created, whatever people believe, that you're the one that God stuffed up. And I was uh, like, that <laughs> yeah. you're the one that doesn't deserve to be here, that is a bad oh, human and all of that. And I was so like, <laughs> good. and I remember just thinking, oh, yeah, like in a way, yeah. How? Oh, I, and in a way it is. It's like, how unique am I? God stuffed me up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I remember um, actually hearing someone say, uh, if it's not happening your way, it's okay because it's happening God's way. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think, and whatever people want to believe in terms of spiritual faith is really important. But to have a faith in something greater, like our capacity to serve and be the change or transformation in the world, mm. I do also believe. Uh, for anyone that's listening that's kind of been on the personal development, spiritual journey for quite some time, one of the greatest ways for us to start getting out of our own way is to connect what you're doing with service or who you want to be and how you want to support in the world. I had a client come this week and I shared with her, whenever I get in my own way, whenever I find that there's a uh, sabotaging habit or pattern or something coming in and I'm kind of limiting myself or dimming myself, I say Mm. to myself, Kyla, people are dying. (laughs) And then I'm like, okay, young lady. (laughs) And it might seem, I'm like, why you're playing these games with yourself? Humans are dying and leaving this earth and take like kind of, obviously I do a lot of work in suicide prevention and it Mm. is enough for me to trigger out of whatever I'm in to get me back into that. So it may not people doing this for a work or job, but it may be enough that you want to love and support for family, your community, friends, kids, whatever that is. But sometimes if we can get ourselves out of our own way to support others, because we're built to live in tribes and be in this space. And I think that that can be a great way too uh, of then Confidence and shifting things does come with some level of action taking at the same time too. Mm. So the more that we take aligned action, aligned in the intention of who we want to be, our visions, our goals, our dreams, the more expanded we become. So if we just, I think, what's that quote? Um, A wish without, no, a a goal without action is just a wish. Mm. Mm. Oh, so good. And I've heard you actually speak on acceptance a few times now, Kyla, in terms of it almost being like the gateway to this place of self-compassion, self-belief, and the sense of faith even 
Um, I know for myself, there's been an interesting evolve, evolving uh, flow of faith with uh, my experience around that. Uh, like there was this idea of this concept of Christianity, then there was this concept of God and the universe and just all these things and um, like people speaking different beliefs and different understandings. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was only when I came to this place of, um, I mean, acceptance really as to, oh, um, it's okay that I feel this way or that's okay that I believe this differently to this person. Oh, it's okay that I experience this loneliness. It's okay that I experience the sadness and like the sense of acceptance starting to flow finally actually gave me that uh, platform almost to start walking forward and creating this Mm -hmm. yeah concept of what you say is so beautiful i love it magnetism Mm -hmm. and uh start to move forward in a beautiful way uh so for acceptance yeah how can one step into that and what if someone doesn't have the sense of faith what can they do about that because I know we don't have much time, so yeah, no, no, this this is good. Mm. The start, the starting point, I think, is that we have to accept our humanity along this journey, and the way our brain is wired, and our past that we've been in, and just a perfect example, right now in the world, and I know you do a lot of work in the world of anxiety. If somebody's having anxiousness or feeling anxious in their day. I say sit down and actually speak to the anxiety. So if this anxiety had a message for me today, what would it be telling me? The more that we can start to become in communion with ourself, with our bodies, with nature, it's like I think the adventure and the masterpiece of life starts to unfold. So if this experience that I'm having right now had a message for me, what would that be? If uh, this self-doubt, this self-hatred, this worry had a message for me, what would it be telling me right now? And it takes a while. Like this is work I've been doing for this 10 years. Of, and it, but if we can, because what we're trying to do, the moment we judge something or someone in ourselves or in others, we lose all influence over changing it. So... Mm. If we can instead be like, okay, this experience that I'm having right now, yes, it sucks. None of this is about rose-tinted glasses in any way, shape or form. But the more that we can experience this moment and imagine that it had a discovery, a learning, a growth opportunity in it, more often than not the physical symptoms, the emotional symptoms are a message to slow down to do something differently, to drink a glass of water, like very, very mm. simple things. But acceptance comes from I, when I started to do deep shadow work in my own journey, there was so many teenage regrets that I had that I had just such deep shame over. And so for many of us actually going into that place that we don't want to go into sharing um, stories about parts of ourselves and our experience that we feel so shameful about. And the more that we can go into loving acceptance and forgiveness of, okay, but that part of the story isn't who I am today. Maybe I, and who do I, and that actually I get the power to choose who I am right now today. But most importantly, realizing like this, uh, the journey's not about only being in a state of joy every single day or this whole living like this positive experience challenges are always going to come but the more that we love and accept ourselves through the process and and start to be more reflective of the experience i just believe like we become steady and stable like a tree and then experiences wash over us rather than kind of move us out with the tide And so it is a journey, a journey of accepting our own individual uniqueness. So when people, I train new facilitators and coaches, and when they're going through the training, one of the first things I do is get them to own their voice in the world. Like I shared with everyone before, who do you want to be? What do you want to represent? Because we, I don't want Kyla clones. And I also spent, <laughs> I spent probably the first, I don't know, four years of my journey doing this work, thinking I needed to be mm. like all my teachers. <laughs> and so yeah, the compa- totally. So the comparison takes us out of acceptance. Uh, so ah. I, I think one like 
part where people can go to directly as well. Anything or anyone that you compare yourself to or you're jealous of, you spot it, you got it. So if you can see it or observe it in another, it's in you. So it could be dormant or it could be that it just needs a little bit of work. It could be something that you've disowned. But there's positive and negative projections. But from a positive perspective, if you can accept that, if you can see it in somebody else that's in you, the gift of that is that you can then step into it and the belief, everything just comes towards that of just starting. I think curiosity is probably the key to acceptance. If we can be more curious about our emotions, curious about our experience and curious about what it might take instead of being in a place of judgment and criticism all the time, that to me is what brings us. So I still have days like I have, I talk about, I have a really big rebel and brat archetype and I just love them. Over the years, I've just loved all my shadow parts. But on if I've had a really massive week, I can feel my rebel coming <laughs> and like friends know it. Like I've got a red dress that goes on. Like, and I'm like, and I say to myself, I'm like, Kyla Jean Tustin, I can see what you're about to do. <laughs> and I'm that. like, yeah, but I'm doing it now from a place of loving acceptance of parts mm. of me, which then means it doesn't control us. So I think curiosity, and obviously I teach play, if we can be more playful in this journey of like observing when our sabotaging habits, behaviours, emotions, thoughts come up and just be like, hey, Kieran, I see you right now and you're going to do what you're going to do anyway, but I love you and I accept you anyway. And it becomes very important like going back to talking to that kid part of us. If a child made a mistake, we, the majority of us and probably people listening, you would not yell and scream and bully and criticise and judge them. Or if a child was anxious, you wouldn't do that. So let's ensure mm. that we don't do it to ourselves either because then we get to role model what needs to be done in the world and then the next generation gets to see a whole group of people coming through from a place of love, kindness and acceptance and then we get to be the change by embodying it. So good, Kyla. Thank you. I know you've got to go, so I'm just That's within right. one breath, Yes. what heals you? Nature. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay. nature, but, but nature for me is connection. So it's there's always a place wherever I live that I find that is an expansive place in nature. So every morning mm. uh, and most mornings, I should say, I start there as a reminder of my insignificance in the world because I believe that by honouring my insignificance, then I remind myself that my place here matters, but also my worries, my concerns, my fears, my doubts, my stresses for the day. If I look at how tiny I am compared to the universe and nature and that mm. I am, a, but I'm also a magical part of this whole extended universe, then it just has me set up. And then also social connection, like Literally, my greatest joys in my day are having beautiful, random conversations with somebody in a coffee shop and then becoming dear friends. Uh, and like those That's how we of, met. Yeah, I know. Uh, so those, those synchronistic moments are my bliss point of remembering mm. that there is something so much greater at hand and we can all get so caught up in the day-to-day -day stresses and anxieties and everything. Mm. And so I always just like to complete anything with reminding everybody that no matter what you believe right now, no matter what you're feeling, please know that you are not alone and that your place on this earth matters and your life truly matters. And I love to, which I'm sure you do as well, no matter what, just know that you have two of the world's greatest raving fans here today until you yeah. become that. And so that. that's, yeah, I just, if we can leave that message of just everyone knowing how important our place and space is on the earth, that to me is what matters most. Thank you so much, Carly. You've been absolutely fantastic. I got so much out of this and I'm sure many people listening did as well. Uh, if you do have one more minute, yeah, where can they find you and what exactly 
uh, are you working on now? Uh, they can find me at thegreategroup.com. Most of the work that we're working on now, I do a lot of individual coaching, but we're doing a lot of work in local communities and corporates, designing cultures of wellness from the inside out. So how do we actually get people stepping into that? So I do train new soul coaches and new facilitators as well. And uh, so they can find me there. And then on the Facebook page, we have the I Love Life page. And so on there, there's just lots of playful silliness of me just being me, in hopeful in the way that it gives everybody else permission to just be their silliest self as well. But I want to say thank you to you as well. When I meet certain souls on the earth, I just know that our paths are meant to align. And from the moment that I met you and then to hear your wisdom and the work that you're doing, it is just a pleasure to be able to walk this path with you. Thank you. And I just want to let you know that I took a deep breath. Anna Yay. said thank you. Yes. <laughs> 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 Great way to finish. So uh, for those that want to find Kyla, you can find uh, the links below. I also put a website there as well and uh, any links to the Facebook page and all that sort of stuff. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to The Pocket Coach and leave a review if you haven't already and you got something out of this as this does allow us to reach others that need to hear these messages or may even uh, help these other people that uh, want to hear these things so thank you so much guys once again uh, stay blessed and if you feel called to join a community of uh, committed individuals that are focused on their healing do so by going to the link within the show notes uh, healingwithkids.com slash healing community and use the code I heal me in capitals for a whole month free in that. All right, much love team. Thanks again and stay blessed. <laughs>